Welcome. Praise the Lord. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. And what I believe the Lord has laid on my heart for today is it's neat because I always start the same way, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a Dominion talk or on Sunday morning, the life messages is what the Lord has laid on my heart. And truly it is. I, I, I've thought about it. I always use this starting line, but I, I can't seem to change it because it is truly whatever we are to communicate and actually whatever we do communicate, whether away or not, it's coming from our heart. So it's whatever has been laid, whatever has been deposited in our hearts. And really as born again believers, the deposit we're drawing out of is the Holy Spirit that he's been shed abroad in our heart, that he's, he's the one deposited within us. And so from the meditations of this deposit, then we communicate. So as we believe, we speak. We know this is what faith is. Faith is a, a persuasion that moves you into a believing that is propelling a speech and that, and then thereafter a motion. And it's always forward. It's always upward. It is never backwards and never downgrade. <laughs> Everything is upgrade with God. And so the upgrade moment is a bit of a challenge at times because we just want to sit down and just rest our, our flesh a little bit and just um, not go through this divine transformation. But, you know, without a divine transformation, without running this course of transformation, we'll see no change. And all of us within us have a desire, a cry of our heart for change. We know that now that we're children of God, there is change and there is a possibility of change now that which was impossible can change and so why would I want to just sit and do nothing why would I not want to pick up this divine inspiration why would I not want to get quiet with my heavenly father and hear his voice again today and today and today and always today and so really this is from where we communicate we communicate from a persuasion and and our persuasion is always speaking the truth that we're believing in and it's neat because that moment, it can be very subjective. You speak to anyone. That's where we come to these conclusions. Well, if it's true to you, it's true to you. Well, no, we're talking about a divine revelation. We're speaking about the way, the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. We're speaking about Jesus. We're speaking about the Word of God. And so we have been on New You, and we are born again now. That we, Because we're born again, we have a brand new life. We are born of God, and the very life of God lives in me. And so now I identify myself after this new creation life, the life of God in me. And because I have the life of God in me, it carries the very essence of God. It's who God is. And, and the one thing with God is that he is spirit and that we now bear his mind and if God is spirit and we bear his mind what is this spirit what is this mind it's the mind of Christ the mind of Christ is spiritual and so we we know we think of the brain and the mind being the same it's not the same the brain in the natural man carries concepts and expressions of concepts, and that's the mind. So when we're talking about the mind of Christ, we're recognizing it's beyond a tangibility. That's why it's a persuasion. It's a living expression of divine life. And so the mind of Christ is the mind of the spirit. It's a spiritual mind. And the title that he gave me for today is a sober spiritual mind. That the mind that we have, and we started a little bit more focused on the mind last week with a new mind that we have now, the mind of Christ. We went through a lot of verses and um, I might touch upon on some of them and just keep building there, but I really wanted to pour out from my, from my, from, from these meditations, uh, even over the week meditating the message from last Sunday and and pondering on the reality of the mind of Christ and what does, how do we give expression to this divine reality? How, I mean, we know we can say, well, the, off the bat, uh, speak, okay, go speak right. Well, no, I can't speak right if I don't have a persuasion that I have now been given this mind. 
and together with, it's not just like believing, like, okay, God said, okay, the word says, it's I have to meditate this truth because this truth then is going to start communicating to me, Desi, you do bear the image of your father. You do have the mind of Christ. What does it mean to bear the image of the father? It's to think alike. It's to think alike as he thinks. How do we mimic God? Through his thoughts, because thoughts are shapers. Thoughts are the shapers of my life, because as I am, as I think, I am becoming. I am, I am that which I meditate on. And so we don't have to spend too much time in someone's company. I spoke of it last week as well, to recognize the meditations of their heart. And that's not to render a judgment, a negativity against them. It's to say, wow, we can all change. Another body that is undergoing transformation. Another one that's pressing towards this divine reality that we now do have the mind of Christ and that this mind is light. This mind is love. This mind is truth. So remember a few weeks ago, we talked about maybe a couple months even that God is light and God is love and God is truth and God is justice. And we can't say he's 10% that and 20 another and then 30 another and you chunk it up to make 100% because that's what carnal mind likes to say. So uh, how much justice is God? Is it just 50% and the rest is chunked into love? And No, he is all justice. He is all love. The divineness of God is incomprehensible with carnal mind. And so we're going to tear down these shackles. We're going to tear down these religious thoughts of who God is and come and step into a divine reality of the mind of Christ that is a liberation theology. It's a liberation of thought. What is liberation theology? Feed the poor, yes, but you feed the poor because you recognize you're poor no more. And from the poverty that you're not anymore, from the life that you now, you feed. You feed. Like, like Jesus to Peter, will you feed my sheep? How? Feed what? How? With light. With love. With truth. And it would take the expression of, you know, natural food, uh, you know, uh, a clothing. All of it is part of this divine life. The materiality of God of this mind takes shape in the materiality of the earth. So the love of God will look like me feeding the poor in the natural. The light of God will look like me putting a jacket on another. The the truth of God would mean me having compassion towards another. Because God is truth, God is justice, and God is love. And we now have his mind. And his mind is who he is. Light, truth divine reality and so in this press what are we pressing i mean we we look at you know often when we talk about the press and i've i've teach i've spoken on it i've taught on it thinking of the press is 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 a perfect example is you know with a woman with the issue of blood you know that she pressed through all the kafafo she she pressed through all the naysayer in her mind where were the naysayers? where was the commotion it was really in her mind And when she overcame it in her mind, she could go through that crowd that she knew that they could stone her. Why? Because she was unstonable where in her mind. She became so desperate for a shift of no more of the accursed. I am a daughter of Abraham. I am a child of the Most High God. And this, what I see in the natural, is not my portion forever doesn't matter what it looks like now I will press beyond it where do you press you press it in the mind you take captive every thought that's disqualifying you you take captive of the thought of the mind of the natural and you transform by inputting brand new revelation by inputting the very life of God that already is in you so I'm not like trying to attain to something I don't have. Paul, I love what Paul says, that I'm attaining for that which he has laid hold of me for. I have it. I'm opening up the gift. The gift is in my hand and 
it's like a, 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 a layer, a layer upon a layer of opening. And the more you open this eternal gift of the life of God, it's an ending reality of truth and glory divine. Don't ever stop unpacking. Don't ever stop on opening. Don't ever say, I have enough, God. Enough is enough, God. I'm done. No, God, just keep pressing. He's enabling us. He isn't oh, caught up now. He's enabling us to open up this divine reality called the Holy Spirit in us, called Christ in me, the hope of glory. So when he gave me the title and I kept, I kept uh, trying to attain to it and it just got finalized even this morning. A sober spiritual mind because the mind of Christ is sobriety. The mind of Christ is sobriety. It's not drunken with the cares of the world. It's not drunken with the way the world thinks. The way the world thinks is deadly. And that's why Paul in Romans 8 talks about that the, the carnal mind is death. But the mind of the Spirit is what? Life. Peace. Romans 8. Let's go. That's where we're going to start. I didn't know where it was going to start. I'm going to start there. No, don't say I don't have it. I have it. There's no cop out. There's no excuse. That's what I love about the things of God. They've been freely given to us. So no one at the end of the day say, Ah, oh God, you gave that one that gift in the revelation for their life. But to me, uh, you didn't give me the gift of the revelation for my own life. No. He so loved us, he gave us freely his son. And alongside his son, he has given us everything. He's given us the mighty Holy Spirit that is the very expression of the mind of God. And we looked at 1 Corinthians 12, that how the Spirit of God searches the deep things of God and brings a revelation of the mind of God. Romans 12, 2 talked about, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. So it's what? You would know the will of God, so you would know the mind of God, so you would have a, a working knowledge of comprehension of His will for your life, so that your life, every moment of every day, gives Him glory because you're walking out as he is leading you because the spirit of of the mind of Christ is a leading it's a leading there is a lead in how he communicates and we know that because you know uh, as, as little children growing up in, in the uh, here on earth you know we grow up in our you know parents in the beginning teach us you know don't touch that that's too too hot the stove is hot and uh, just just instructions and so through the voice that we are hearing these instructions we are becoming that instruction and so how much more God with the love of God is now given us the mind of Christ to give us divine instruction, which we call revelation. It's revelation. That's why Paul writes about the eyes being unveiled. Because what you're seeing is what you're hearing. What you're beholding with, with, with your natural eyes that, that actually make a movement of your spiritual eyes, or can I say the spiritual eyes are to really direct your natural gaze. Because it is that, um, that gaze, that gaze adjustment is opening you up to a, a communication. And so if your natural eyes are leading you by the way of the accursed, by the way of the corruption, what do you think you're hearing? You're hearing corruption. You're hearing the accursed. You're hearing discouragement. And I, I, we, we know that. We know that that which we see affects our disposition. Because it's what we hear. I mean, the biggest one, I you're not good enough. You're just not good enough. I don't struggle with that one. I've just been a grace. There's been other, there's other things I've had to overcome, but I've been in the company of many people. That that's, that, that inadequacy. Oh, the other one of her is not worthy. I'm, not, I'm like thinking, how can anyone that's in Christ say they're not worthy? That's beyond my, 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 I don't know if it's just a, this, this divine meditation of my heart is so fleshed out that, 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 that thought of not, what do you mean not worthy? He died for you. What do you mean not worthy? How can you say he wasn't worth that death? If he so loved me, he gave his one son that he would help Abraham to give. How can you say not worthy? 
these thoughts. Oh, so then we look not worthy. Then you start surveying. Then that it, it starts moving your gaze. Yeah, my life is not. Look at my life here. Look at it there. Not worthy. What does before you know? What? What? You're down in the dumps. You just. You just know you're not worthy. Well, how about you make the choice that you will meditate the cross that has communicated you to you worth, that's communicated to you value, that's communicated to you love. There's no greater expression. I remember being in a in a praying group in a in a in a, in a prayer moment with with other ladies, and they might have been gentlemen. They're not. I don't remember now, but uh, some some years back, and the things like, "Lord, show us your love." And it was almost like we bothered God with that statement. Oh, we can ever bother God. But he's like, what do you mean? Do you not see the cross? How much more can I not demonstrate? That's really the ultimate demonstration of the love of God. Show me your love or show me your glory or, or show me, show me, show me. Always wanting God to show us. And there is a place where we, our hearts crying for more revelation. He does want to show us. He does want to unveil. But one thing is when we ask for showing, do not think you don't know it yet. You might have just forgotten about the love of God. You might have just forgotten what he sh- spoke to you earlier this morning. Because our gaze got turned to the lower. And so out of the, the, the meditation of the heart, uh, of, of this brand new heart, the born again place, our new spirit man, we are giving expression to the divine mind. And so we said Romans 8, so let's read Romans 8 here for, uh, let's do 5. For those who live according to the flesh, what set their minds, the power of a mind, the power of a set mind, the power of a mind that's set. And you see, our minds are set because the mind is made to be settable. And so, so the ones that set their mind, what? On things of the flesh. Well, they made a choice to do that. Because you set your mind. You decide what you're going to think. They're like, oh, no, no thought just come. I don't, oh, yeah, you have a decision-making process right at that moment. You just, you just, you just chose not to exercise dominion over the thought. Now, I want to take dominion over my region. I want to join the little prayer team. And we're just going to bring down every spiritual power. We're, gonna just, we're just going to clean the spiritual air over the nation. Well, first of all, <laughs> clean the spiritual air over your nation here. There's no even effective prayer if we're not praying out of the mind of the Spirit. Now we start where we're at, but that's why the the, the importance of the teaching of the Word of God. So let's keep reading here. Those who live according to the flesh, what? So if you live according to the world, if you live a worldly life, this is what you're going to look like. Your mind is set on what? On things of the flesh. But what? Those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. And this verse 6 is profoundly profound. For to be what? Carnally minded? To be carnally minded. And he defined what carnally minded is. Those who live according to the flesh. Those that set their, their, their mind on the things of the flesh. Those that, that are, they have really their only strength is their flesh. Those that only see, don't see beyond their flesh. Those who don't see how God could ever move in their lives. So let me do a few things in my flesh. Because I don't really trust that God is my help. And that's the bottom line. It's a persuasion of a divine reality. It goes back to, I'm just not worthy. I'm not good enough. I missed it. I got to fix myself. I don't know if God's going to come through today. What do you mean if God's not going to come through today? He came through on the cross. How is God not to come through for you today? If he's already come through on the cross and raised his son and together with the son, We've been raised together. Where are we now? We are far above the earth. And that's how now we have an ability to what? To be spiritually minded. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I went through a season a few years back where I decided that this verse was going to be my guide. That this verse was going to determine to me, to identify to me what I'd set my mind on. 
So if I was not experiencing, it was, it was actually a, a wonderful practice session for a few years. I still is. I don't do it so much purposely because it just has become me. And so I've been able to identify thoughts before like just being uh, always aware of what's the state of my meditation. And so this is the, this is the, the litmus test. It, it was for me. Am I, am I minded on life and peace? Or am I in a chaotic moment again? Or am I in chaos again? Or am I strifing again? Because if I'm currently minded, it's producing death. And so if I'm seeing death here, then ah, I gotta shift gears. I gotta go higher. I gotta meditate life. I gotta meditate the life of God. Because from that which I believe, I am becoming. So then, my life should more and more reflect life and peace. Because the carnal mind is what? Enmity against God. Don't think you're not pleasing. This is it. Don't think you're pleasing God. Being fleshy. Well, you know, God loves me. Yes, he does. And because he loves us so much, he wants us to live in life and not in destruction. And we know the only thing that pleases the Father is what? Our faith. That is a spiritual mind. That's the mind of the Spirit. That is constantly persuading us the word is truth because he is the spirit of truth. John says he's the spirit of truth, right? Uh, John 16, uh, 12, well, actually 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, and we know he's come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority. We, we read last week from 1 Corinthians 2 that what, from which authority, from whose authority will he speak? From the Father's authority, because he what? Searches the mind of God. And so from that which the Spirit knows, from the depth of the mind of God, he's speaking to us. What is he speaking to us? The word of God. The ultimate expression of the mind of God is this divine utterance. Oh. That's producing life and peace to me. Why would I not be found in this meditation? Why would I not want to be yielded to the Holy Spirit? Why would I drop the spirit life over there and just put myself again on my little, my little carnal little chair? And just, just go back and rethink those thoughts that I was brought up with. How it's just, it's always running out. How it's never good enough. How I'll never overcome this mountain. How this must be the portion of my life. Because it's all I've known all my life. Death, 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 gloom, sadness, uh, powerlessness. And then when we say to do with your mind, oh no, it's not to do with my mind. I'm a very happy person. Don't make me change now. Don't make me attend to my own thoughts now. That's too hard. Let God do it for me. Well, he already has done it for us. He's given us his mind. He's given us the Holy Spirit. That is what? Whatever he hears, he speaks to us. That he's speaking to us. And he'll tell you things to come. He'll glorify me for he'll take of what is mine. This is the words of Jesus. And declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine, Jesus says. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has, Jesus says, it's his. And that which is mine, Jesus says, I've given it to you. What does that mean? All of God we have. All of God we have. When? Now. When? Not tomorrow. Not, I, I think, I think I had it when I got born again, but I kind of lost it. No, now. Where? Where? It's in the spirit. It's in the divine mind. The biggest work that you would do is this mind transformation. But you've been given the Holy Spirit to enable you, to lead you into all truth. And that's why John, uh, sorry, Jesus calls him in John 14. Uh, let's see, 16, Jesus says, and I will pray the Father. This is what Jesus personally asked his Father for. 
And God is yes and amen. We know we got it. We know on the day of Pentecost that that prayer was answered. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was answered. Were you born before the day of Pentecost and you you don't have it? Are you still waiting for the day of Pentecost? It's already happened. Now I'm stirred up because this is my answer. This is my answer. Uh, He said, "I'll, I'll pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you. What? For just a few days, for, for, for just a few days while you, you know, the days that you're getting it right, the days that you don't have kinky little thoughts, the day that, you know, you, 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 you just walking, you didn't lie to anyone, the day that you didn't curse anyone out, that day he will be with you that day. No, he says forever, <laughs> forever. He'll never leave you nor forsake you ever, never. He may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth. That, uh, that for me is the most beautiful name of the Holy Spirit. Is the spirit of truth. Who is the father of lies? Satan. Well, in God, there's no lying. He's not a man that he should shift a shifting shadows and change his mind on me just because I just because I'm done with you, Desi. I'm just done with you. I've, I've repeated this lesson to you, Desi, like, I mean, 30 times in 30 days and you're still not getting it. I'm done with you, Desi. Never would he say, never. I'm bone of his bone. I'm flesh of his flesh. I'm the very expression of my father on earth. This is who I am. And I believe it. I'm not just trying to convince someone. This is my conviction. This is my persuasion. And from this persuasion, then we are, like Paul wrote to, to in, in, first, in Second Corinthians, that we are now uh, imploring. As though God was speaking through us, be reconciled unto God. But it comes from my persuasion, I'm already reconciled to God. That I'm one with God. One. Not God and Desi. One. One. There is life and peace in just that thought. It chases all darkness. When God's going to do it for me, it's done. I'm one with him. And the spirit of truth that I love, that name, is leading me into all truth. Is opening up this package, this gift divine within me called eternal life, and unpacking what's to come. Unpacking purposes. And plans that God has already granted to me. So if you go back to verse 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot see, but we're not of the world, right? Because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. We know him. We can't say we don't know. If Jesus says you know him, <laughs> I, say, I don't know the Holy Spirit. I don't know. Does he know Holy Spirit? Oh, Catherine Kuman knew Holy Spirit, but you know, I don't know. I don't think I know Holy Spirit. It's a lie. Whose voice is saying that? Not the spirit of truth. What's the spirit of truth saying? You know me. Because you're mine. If we're not born again, we would not know him. That's what he's saying. But we're not not born again. We are born again. We do know him. But you know him. Why do I know him? Because he is the pie in the sky. <laughs> because he where dwells in me, dwells with you and will be in you. I'll not leave you as orphans. I'll not leave you as orphans. I'll come to you. How did he come to us? By the spirit who lives in me, whom we know now. So if you go back to Romans 8. In Romans, Romans 8, just to finish that verse there, uh, in 7 talk, talking about, uh, the carnal mind's enmity against God, for it's not subject to the law of God, because it doesn't know Him. We just read, doesn't know Him. If you don't know Him, how can you subject yourself? How can you submit to Him? You can't. 
for it's not subject for the law to the law of God, nor indeed can be. It's an impossibility for carnal mind. Sorry, for, for, for one not born again. And even to the carnal mind, the carnal mind cannot submit to the plan of God. It just said it. It's enmity. It's total opposition. So if you want to oppose the plan of God for your life, just keep thinking carnal thoughts. <laughs> Though you be born again, you're opposing God. It's a little bit difficult to even think about that. That's why he says what pleases him is these thoughts of life, faith. But you see here, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God, but nine. But you are not. We are not in the flesh, but in the spirit because we're born again. If it need, the spirit of God dwells in you. And we know he does. We just read. He dwells with you and in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. I actually received healing from this verse many years back. If Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. Something had come against my body communicating dead. Dead. I was going to die. <laughs> it's not funny, but because it was a pretty serious moment at that time. And, um, and it was seriously talking to me, making me very serious and, 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 and downcast. And the Lord led me one particular evening into right here, Romans 8. I heard the Lord say Romans 8. I'm like, I know Romans 8. I want to read Romans 8 again. If God be for me, who can be against me? Romans 8. I know. Bro. It's amazing how we think we know something. Give me new revelation, Jesus, not Romans 8. That's carnality right there, what I just said. So I was in a carnal moment, and the Holy Ghost kept whispering, Romans 8, Romans 8. And I'm like, okay, I went, and I remember going to the bedroom, picked up the word Romans 8, started reading. And I came to this verse, and started quickening this verse. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. And I realized at that moment, the Holy Spirit said to me, why are you going to bother that you're going to die? You already are dead. Why are you going to worry about it? Your, already, your body is already dead. It made me laugh. I'm like, ha, ha, devil, you can't kill me. Christ has already killed me in Christ. I'm dead. Not that Christ killed me, that's not right, but, 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 but the, the sin that came, the wrath of God that came on Jesus, that, that he died under the wrath, the penalty that he paid for my sin, though he was a righteous man, he became sin, and it's that sin that killed him. I am identified with it because I've been baptized into his death. And when he was raised from the grave, through his resurrection, I have obtained newness of life. And so he has resurrected me. So it broke off and whatever was against me within two days was gone, was gone, was gone, gone, gone. Revelation, light, meditation. What are you meditating on today? What are you refusing to acknowledge and submit to today? What are you being stubborn against today? It is nothing but your flesh. Bring it under. Because God's life is far greater than your moment. God's plan is far greater than that which is communicated to you. Because we are. If Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. And we know the spirit is in of him who raised Jesus from the dead. And he is. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, where does the spirit live? We just, what did Jesus say about the spirit? Where does he dwell? In you. In you. In you. And if he lives in you, Paul says, he who raised Christ from the dead will give you. When? When did that happen? He's given it to us. When he gave the spirit of truth to us. My life is his truth. This is my life. His word is truth and his word is life. Who is my life? This is my life.
if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to which bodies? Mortal. Mortal bodies. Why? Because verse 10 says, if in Christ, it says your body is dead. If Christ is in you, your body is dead. But now that he is in you, he's quickening you into a loveness that we never had, into divine life. He quickened your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. It's an inside job. The quickening of our mortal bodies is an inside job. We so often would like to put something on <laughs> because we don't want to renew our minds. Don't tell me it's up to me, God. I don't want it to be up to me, God. I, I, I love a man of God who used to talk about no fault religion. No matter what happens to my life, it's not my fault. Not my fault. It's all God's fault. Yeah. That's why we have now been given a new sober mind to think soberly, to know that God has done everything for us and it's never his fault. And not to say that it's our fault, so to say, and to put ourselves in condemnation because that would be the wrong thing to do, but to acknowledge, you know what? He is now in me and because he is in me, he's quickening my body. He's quickening my mind. He's, he's bringing revelation. He's giving me brand new thoughts. All I got to do is yield. I yield. I submit to the lead. I submit to the lead. And that's why, let's go to John, and I have no idea how long I've spoken to. Uh, I feel like I've just done two minutes. I'm sure it's more than two minutes, so it might have to be three messages. I thought last week it might be one more today, but now I think we're going to camp here for as long as we have to camp here. To layer, to layer life within us, to layer a revelation within us, to layer and to build a persuasion in us that we now do have the mind of Christ. And if we do have the mind of Christ and recognize that the spirit of the Lord is is living in us, then there's really no doom and gloom, then there's no destruction that can touch us. Nothing perverse is in the mind of Christ. And so here, 3 John 1, 2. Beloved, you know, we've looked at this as a means to communicate something a little bit more carnal than what I believe the Lord is communicating is far greater here. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. The word that really the focus is in all things, in all things, to prosper not just in the bank account, but in all things. And so my focus is not to uh, have a quick uh, get-rich scheme, but to prosper in all things, that even my family be intact, that I have an intact, sound mind to maintain, to prosper in all things and be in health, to be in health just as what? Your soul prospers. That word soul is psyche, your mind as your soul prospers. And we know we have heard how there's definitely a connection between what? My psyche, my way, the way I think, the way I see to how I live. So who's aware is the honest? This, this divine life expression of prosperity of all things being good. And that word, that word to make prosper is actually pretty amazing. I looked it up and you know how we went. And especially I'm thinking of the one teaching on the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman of the well. And the title of it escapes me at this moment. But there we talked about Paul on the road of Damascus and how the woman went and met Jesus at the well. And also we looked at the road of Emmaus to Emmaus, how the two disciples came and Jesus met them on the road. And in that message, we talked about that everything happens is on the road, on the road of our life. We encounter Jesus, just keep walking. And so this word to prosper is actually a prosperous, well, good journey on the road so that the road of your life be blessed. So the road of your life be enriched. So the road of your life be filled with life and peace that you may prosper in all things, that you be whole as you behold him. So much bigger than a bank account. The bank account is determined by the way you see it. 
by this enrichment on the road of your life. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. So the goodness of the road of my life and my health are dependent on what? On God? No, on a mind renewal. Even as my soul prospers, even as the journey of my mind is prosperous, even as the journey of the roads of these thoughts, and we know thoughts are like there's road work within the mind of how these thoughts function and they, they cross and they navigate as that is sound. And it is because we have the mind of Christ. But we're to put off the old, we're to bring down the corner of thought. You bring it down. You bring it down. The same thing as when you're, when you're walking on the road and you see maybe a potential stone that will stumble. What do you do? You, you don't just stumble or you move it out of the way. An obstacle or, 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 or a tree that's across the road. You don't, don't just sit there and like, uh, uh, when you can't move it, you move it. You budge it out of the way. Well, that's the way with the mind. You budge things. You make them uh, move. You bring them down. You navigate. It's not so hard. You have the Holy Spirit. Why would you want to be miserable? Why would you want to be happy? Why would you want to be just, no one wants to be around you? Because your thoughts just stink. And you know, you, when you're in the company of someone whose mind's off, it's just not comfortable. It's like walking, tiptoeing around the person. I don't like it. Of course, we pray for, for the mind of Christ we manifest in life, especially if they're believers and if they're not believers, for, for them to, 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 to open their hearts to receive this divine life that's found in Christ, that carries his, his mind. So the journey of our life, these, these road um, maps, be prosperous, to be kind. That they'll be living. That our soul be sound. And from the soundness of our soul, of our mind, of our psyche, of, of this which we behold on a regular basis. As soon as you wake up, you, you're in your mind. Your mind's talking to you as soon as you wake up. And that which you're meditating, that which you're allowing the mind, that which, again, going back to the gaze, you, you know, you, you hear a little whisper, well, uh, uh, the husband, uh, the husband. Yeah, the husband. I don't know about the husband. Hey, like, what are we thinking on? Oh, the husband, right. I bless my husband. Thank you, Lord, for the life you've given him. Thank you, Lord. He's of you now, Father. He has your mind. He submitted to the Christ life. Thank you, Father, my husband. Glory be to God, my husband. So it's either going to put a frown or a smile. You decide. I like to be in a smile. And there are days when you just, I don't even know, maybe sometimes if I don't like, I don't want to smile. No, it's always much better to smile. The day goes a lot more kinder and easier with a smile. And we recognize what puts a smile on our face is not another human being. It's a thought we've chosen to mull over. It's a thought. So my happiness is not determined on someone else's behavior. That's... It's what I meditate on. It's what I'm thinking on. It's what I'm thinking on. And so here we go, another connection in Matthew, right? Matthew 6, 22. Even as your soul prospers, even that which you meditate, even that which you think on. And we know that which we're beholding determines what we think, and that which we, which we think determines what we behold. The lamp, so uh, Matthew 6, 22, the lamp of the body is the eye. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your life, sorry, if therefore your eye is good, if you are putting your eye on these treasures that are laid up in heaven, that's what he talked about just before these verses here in 19, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, 
where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but what? Lay away yourself, yourself treasures where? In heaven. To lay treasure in heaven means I'm mindful of heaven. I'm mindful of, of putting deposits there. I'm mindful to live life from there. I'm mindful to, 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 to carry the mind of the Spirit and to be releasing life. I'm mindful of the heavenly atmosphere that I'm part of now. Because neither moth nor rust destroys there, nor thieves that break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there also your heart will be. For where your treasure is, where is your treasure today? Whom do you treasure above all? Is it your body that you're treasuring? Because your body can't disappoint you. Who do you treasure? Is it your bank account you treasure? Because it can and it will disappoint you. Where's your treasure? And then he continues from that thought. The lamp of the body is your eye because you will always behold your treasure. That which is dear to you, you behold dear. You always behold your treasure. And so if it's not in the heavenly realm where Paul writes in Colossians 3, set your minds, your affections on that which is above. Don't read this, this what we just read. Well, you know, I'm not gonna, I don't care whether, you know, um, about the earthly per se. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just gonna lay treasure in heaven. I don't even know what that means to people. I don't even know what it means to, a lot of it, I think, cop it out for poverty. Poverty. Poverty is not a God. It's not a God. Depletedness and lack, it's not a God. It's not. We just read. What determines that state of affairs is how we think. It's how we think. It's very different from what Paul talks about abasing and abounding. I'm not talking about a natural wealth that would put me over just because I have it. But it's about a meditation and a focus of my life. And when my focus of my life, it's he himself, he, my treasure. He moves out of this divine thoughts and meditation. And the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth is leading me into things to come. And then because my mind is prospering, everything, the road of my life prospers. And there's no lack. No lack. No lack of, of, of life in my body. No lack in my bank account. No lack. And this is the work of the believer, that there be no lack here. We're so brought up with lack. Lack is normal in the world. Depletedness is normal in the world. Sickness and disease, it's normal in the world. It's always talking to us, always. And that's, I just gave you my little moment a few years back where it was talking to me. You're going to die. You're going to die. You got these symptoms. You're just going to die. And God broke it. Through how? Revelation. And made me abound in that moment to prosper. And that which was coming against me left. So he says, where your treasure is, your heart will be there also. The lamp of the body is the eye. Because we look to where our treasure is. And therefore your eye is good. Your whole body will be full of light. What does that look like? But if your eye is bad, your whole body, what? Be full of darkness. So the function of my body and the state of my body is tied to my eye. Now, isn't that profound? That's why he called it a sober mind. That's why he talks about us being vigilant above all. With our thoughts. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And so this is exactly how God paired it up with here. Third John 1, 2, beloved, I pray that you may prosper, that you, that all things be well for you, that all things be good for you, that you have a prosperous, happy, joyful life. In all things, in all things, in all things that you're bound, in all things, to be in health just, just as your soul prospers. And then he continues, for I rejoice greatly. Actually, even if we look at how he starts this letter, just go back to 
verse 3, to the elder. This is a mature message. It's to the elder he's speaking to. His beloved elder. The one who laid hold of this revelation as Paul has laid hold and chose to forsake all and no carnal explanation and no carnal disputes against the word of God and no carnal and segmented thoughts of religiosity of, wow, I don't know, I, I want to qualify what this really means without a lead of the Holy Spirit. Well, you don't tell me what the word says. Uh, I already have decided what, what it says. Kind of like me. When God says, go read Romans 8, I'm like, I know what Romans 8 is. If God be for me, who could be against me? And my answer was right there. So it's to the elder. So the very fact we're hearing this message, there is a maturity that we've come into to be able to hear it the right way without condemnation, without accusation, because his desire above all is that we do well in life. And that's why he's given us the Holy Spirit to lead us on this road of life. To bear much fruit for the kingdom of God. To be his ambassadors. To be a light giver. To be a truth sayer. To be a healing releaser. To the elder, to the beloved Gaius, whom I love. How? In truth. In truth, my relationships are in truth. That's what defines eldership. It's a maturity of truth in one's life. Now, how long we've been a church member? Now, how many verses we've uh, uh, memorized right here? It's what are we meditating that is true, that is shaping us. Every day there is a shaping going on from this truth conforming us to life and peace. Not conforming us to the world, which is what? Corruption and death. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in hell just as your soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly when brethren came and what? Testified of what? The truth that is in you. The truth that's in you, that you're walking it out. If people testify there's truth in her, there's truth in him. What does it mean? I'm walking it out. I'm not just speaking it like just for the purpose of being heard. I'm living out truth and that they should know us how by this love we have for one another. By how much we allowed truth to conform us to God. That's the only way you will release the love of God to another. is when you become persuaded of truth of the word of God. That he so loved you that he died for you. I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you. Just as you what? Walk in the truth. So the truth in me is to mark my walk on earth. Why? So it's all about the road of life. And on this journey, there's no greater joy if you go to verse 4 than to hear that my children walk in truth. There's no greater joy for the Father that we be in faith. What does that look like? That my children walk in truth. Because faith comes by the hearing of the truth of the Word of God. And so we'll continue. <laughs> We're done for today. Praise the Lord.